Welcome to She Said, LUK's first ever podcast series. Broadcasting from the LUK fashion cupboard. Welcome to the My Crazy Astro Love Quest edition of Elle's podcast, She Said. I'm Hannah Swirling, Elle's Features Editor. I'm delighted to be joined in the Elle fashion cupboard, uh, surrounded by clothes, where we're all very comfortable, by Tamsin Crimmins, who is the writer of the brilliant My Crazy Astro Love Quest feature that is in our January issue. Hello. What's your star sign? I'm a Leo. Me too. Uh, I'm also joined by legendary astrologer Shelley Von Strunkel. Hi, Shelley. Hello. And what's your star sign? My star sign is Cancer. However, I have to tell you, I'm on a waiting list to be in Leo in my next life because I think they have more fun. <laughs> and I'm also joined by Gemma Kearney, a DJ, broadcaster, and doyen of podcasting. I'll take it. Gemma, what's your star sign? I'm a Pisces. Tamsin, you are the reason we're in the room. My piece and my kind of journey um, started I suppose because I was living in London and kind of caught up in the kind of material side of life and feeling kind of unfulfilled and also feeling a lot of pressure to kind of you know am I supposed to be getting married and getting a mortgage and all that stuff and I I think I needed an outlet and it, it felt when Jupiter came into my sign that this it was going to shake everything up and everything was going to change. When Tamsin came back from her trip and we were emailing about various things and I said, do you have anything for me? She sent me this kind of six, seven line pitch for the piece that absolutely blew my mind. And we have this regular features meeting with Lorraine, Candy and, and the team. And I sat down and I would normally just sort of give my version of what the pitch was. This writer wants to write about this, that and the other. I read Tamsin's pitch verbatim and the whole room was kind of like howling with laughter or just so excited. It just, it, it had this effect on everybody. I want to hear you read it. Oh yeah. <laughs> so this was the pitch that Tamsin sent to me. When the Saturn sisters predicted an epic year of adventure and love, all because of Jupiter, planet of luck and abundance, this Leo took it literally. It started last February when Elle's trusty astrologers correctly predicted a brief reunion with an ex-boyfriend. Then a few months of hellish work projects and heartache while Venus, Mars and Mercury went retrograde. By spring, I was thinking, these gals might have my cosmic card marked. So I welcomed big boisterous Jupiter in on the 17th of July by getting its symbol tattooed on my wrist. The Saturn sisters predicted a lunar eclipse in my long distance travel zone, so I booked a one-way ticket to India. I fell in lust with a French lesbian on top of a mountain and travelled to Nepal on a whim. After a year of adventure and living by the planets, I learned something that's of value to even the most hardened of sceptics. I listened to my intuition. I learned to feel more and think less. Wow. How could you not commission that feature? I defy you. Jupiter was one player in this, but you got another pal called Saturn. And Saturn is our great teacher, whether you want to learn or not. You were having your 28th birthday, meaning you were moving to 28 and a half. And there's something called the Saturn return, which occurs when everybody is 28 and a half. And whatever <laughs> it is that you need to learn, um, let's just call it um, essence, being, fortune, picks you up by the scruff of your neck and puts you where you need to learn. It is, by the way, the year I left merchandising and became a professional astrologer. 
the world is the richer for that one, isn't it? <laughs> um, Gertrude Stein, a lady who had views, uh, talked about the 29th year, not the 30th, the 29th year as a year when we go from, from thinking about great dim possibilities to small, hard realities. Mm. Gemma, what's your take on, are you a horoscope reader? What, where do you come into this? I think I'm an eye roller, you know, like I'm like, oh, whatever. But I guess now I'm thinking about it, I do often be like, oh, I'm a classic Piscean, <laughs> creative and a dreamer. Like, I do say that, but I say it in a, in, a, in, a, in a way of, you know, in fast. I mean, just to sort of put myself into the conversation where I come into it, I edit the horoscope pages in the magazine so whether I like it or not (laughs) I am reading the signs and probably I mean I've never engaged with my own horoscope in any big way I've never turned to that page in the magazine before anything else I don't even know what star sign my husband is honestly like I just I just haven't sort of entertained it enough to or given it enough thought I mean how has your experience shifted Tamsin from sort of your pre-India self to now um do you feel like you're more of a believer I wanted to believe I think that was a key part of it I wanted to believe that I had this planet on my side that was going to give me this wonderful opportunity to grow and I I genuinely felt that you know sorry to say energy but you know <laughs> um, I felt that for the whole year that it was with me you know it's interesting to hear you say that because it isn't a religion it's not meant to be believed in at all I don't believe in it I use it, I see it works. However, again, because we're in such a materialistic society, and I don't mean by that getting lots of stuff, I mean knowledge is based on science and science is based on what you can weigh and measure. So many people have virtually no reference points for something which is subjective, internal, or spiritual. So the notion of believing, I think, is kind of a beginner step towards this that takes you towards what you just described which is actually experiencing your inner world. And that's what I, as an astrologer, try to describe as the journey, because the planets are really symbols for states of mind. And Jupiter, the main player in this piece, is the planet of growth, opportunity, development, surprises. Can I just take things back a few steps and from a very basic point of view ask you, how on earth do you read the stars? What is astrology? I mean, the way it works is that there really are cycles in nature. And when people settled around the river valleys, they began to notice that. And first of all, they needed to know if the river was going to flood. They paid attention to the sun and the moon. And then they started learning about the planets and learned that when that red planet was prominent, Mars, then the neighboring tribe could get ratty, which is how Mars got a reputation for being the planet of war. Wow. And, And gradually, over time, It then began to focus on people, but actually, initially, astrology wasn't at all about individuals. And the signs actually had more to do with general types. It's interesting to note that the first star sign column appeared in a London paper in 1930 and then was started in New York. So it's not even 100 years old as a modality. But how it's done is there are books that are published that actually lists planetary positions, which I read, and I use those Mm. to calculate a chart. Fascinating. Shivers around the room. (laughs) You're listening to She Said, a podcast from LUK. Visit luk.com forward slash podcasts to subscribe. 
amazing. I'm I'm really interested in how this affects everyone around you because it's obvious that you're having a lovely time. But truthfully, what is everyone thinking of this newfound way of life that Mm. is labelled as quite airy-fairy? It's tricky because a lot of people in my life are also into spirituality, but, you know, there was a phone call that I had with my sister when I was in Nepal, and she's kind of telling me about just an argument that she's having with her flatmate and I'm saying to her yeah but I mean have you made friends with the now because that's all you really need to do and she you know eventually said you're gonna have you're gonna have to stop with this this is this is pissing me off um which is totally fair enough the the reason I wrote the original piece for Elle was because I'd suffered very badly with depression and was very unhappy for a long time and so most of the people in my life are very supportive of me I'm I'm so much happier now and as a result I I think it rubs off on them as well um I'm kind of I'm finding a balance like something I've only just gotten in my head is I can be into chakras and the planets and I don't have to wear tie-dye like it's fine (laughs) less than the people who do like mind body spirit shows tend to be caught in kind of a 1960s hippie movie I, I don't love the look I really would like to see a slightly hipper spiritual look. <laughs> Which is what, go on. Well, for at minimum, it's an Hermes bag. <laughs> I am just joking, partly. <laughs> when Shelley walked into the office before, she was slightly mobbed by the L team who sort of <laughs> ran from their desks to ask her a million questions. Tell me what, you know, what should I get for my lunch? What should I be doing with this? It was all a bit tongue in cheek, but there was something really in it about that kind of, we're, you know, like in the same way you would go to your priest or your rabbi, everyone's looking for someone in this big uncertain world to just give them easy answers. Indeed. The astrologer, or whatever, may be there to make suggestions, but there is a really sad truth to this. If you want it to happen, you got to get up off your duff and do it. <laughs> Sometimes, honestly, I mean, and with everyone from heads of industry and people in government to individuals, sometimes you just need a fresh take on the situation. It's like you need to kind of pick them up and walk them over to the other side of the situation and say, have you seen it from this angle? There's also a responsibility because what there's this fear, you know, when you get your palm read that someone's going to see that you could die in, in the next year. I had a holiday in LA and my friend really wanted to go and see a psychic. I was like, I'd rather not know, you know, I don't want to see their, the fear in their eyes and they see that it's all going to go wrong. Can you see that? Can, as, a, as a really experienced astrologist, can you see like if a sign is about to have shit hit the fan? Well, not a sign, certainly not. A whole lot of you. A Pisces doomed? <laughs> Just go home, Pisces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but I mean, the interesting thing is with individual charts, because, okay, many people don't realise... In astrology, there's there's the monthly stars in a magazine like Elle, there's weekly stars, there's daily stars, which you can read. They're all for a star sign that is a group of people who have characteristics. And how it happens, I have no idea. Let's just clear that up. All I know is it works. There are then, charts can be ordered from websites like, I'm sure the Saturn sisters do it, I do it, which are computerized charts done by astrologers. They're usually about 25 pages, and they're often really quite good for someone who just wants to know a little bit more. And then there's the possibility to consult 
a real live human being, astrologer like, like me, you. which is what I did for my living for the first 10 years of being an astrologer. So as you learn more, you can choose how much you want to know. And believe me, the thing with, is my death going to be foretold? I don't know about the palm reading and all of that, you know. <laughs> but certainly, I don't think there's a specialty in foretelling death in charts. Phew. This And this brings up something we haven't even talked about. And you know, funnily enough, wasn't brought up when we were talking about this. Mm. And it's, in a way, the, the um, alternative elephant in the room, which is this thing called the dawning of the age of Aquarius. I can just hear a song. <laughs> I've got to say, my only touch point is an amazing song. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is actually astronomical stuff, and it has to do with the position of our solar system in the entire galaxy. And over a period that you're going to know more than you want, but it's important, over a period of <laughs> 24,000 years, our solar system moves through the galaxy so that the the actual constellations that are visible shift. So the, for the past 2,000 years, it's been the Piscean Age, from basically our year zero to 2,000. Mm -hmm. And we wobbled further, and now we're into the Aquarian Age for 2,000 years. This is considered to be about a shift in consciousness. And the Piscean Age basically was the age of authorities and saviors. And I'm making, a, with my hands a pyramid, meaning that the concept was that the, the being on top, which started out usually with an abstract deity, and then became a king, usually a king, not a queen, and then became the head of the town, the head of the family, the head of the school, decided how you should think and live. And it's been handed down. We're kind of the first generation who's bridging the two. And we go from that pyramid, hands in pyramid form again, to flattening it and to a meritocracy. And that is the Aquarian age, and that's what we're watching going on. And this flattened meritocracy has to do with authority, with gender. In media, we're seeing a lot of changes going on. The, the readership is much more involved with the view of politics, with how everything works. Wow. I yes. didn't expect my brain to be blown to smithereens <laughs> in the fashion covers. Anyone want to know what's going to happen in 2016? Yeah. Yes. Well, <laughs> it's a year of practical review and exploration for every sign. Down-to-earth Saturn is in inquisitive, philosophical Sagittarius, encouraging exploration. And expansive Jupiter has moved on from Leo, sorry, and is in Virgo now, great for Virgos, which is about, for everybody, what actually works. And it's about focusing on life's duties and practicalities, from health and work to decluttering your life of stuff and mind of useless ideas. But it's also about being less jagged and more thoughtful and centered. Bring it on. You're listening to She Said, a podcast from LUK. Don't miss a podcast. Subscribe on iTunes or visit www.luk.com slash podcast. As part of this podcast series, we really care about what's trending in your world. And we also want to tell you a little bit about what's trending in our worlds right now. So we're going to be asking all of our guests to recommend what they're reading, watching, seeing, doing. So I would like to recommend to anybody who would care to listen um, as an avid podcast fan, the Slate Culture Gab Fest. Um, it's three editors from Slate 
speaking every week about everything from Taylor Swift's new song to a new exhibition at the Met to pumpkin spice lattes and they can really make absolutely any subject fascinating and very fun. What I'm really into, I'm trying to keep a secret because <laughs> I don't want everyone to be into it, but uh, there's a, an amazing new hangout called Dreamland and it does feel a little bit like your dreams can come true there. It's an amusement park on the southeast coast in the UK in Kent. Go find it. You, you'll thank me. I recommend to everybody a super duper hippie book, uh, Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now, which is release yourself from your ego and your identity and uh, learn to live in the moment. I'm still gonna say it. Meditation is just like the hottest thing to do. And because it's not hot at the time because there is stillness in it, but the rest of the time, everything else is so much better. Um, so we've obviously discussed Tamsin's crazy astro love quest at some length um, during our conversation, but I really would implore anyone who's listening to um, go and check out the January issue and read Tamsin's feature. Um, it will make you laugh and cry and will inspire you to do brilliant things, so um, check it out. You've been listening to She Said the LUK podcast. Visit luk.com forward slash podcasts to subscribe. That was a Boom Shakalaka production for LUK. 